Hey, my friend, you are listening to At His Feet. This episode is your personal invitation to set aside your busyness and to-do list of the day and to simply pause with me. Sometimes we'll hear stories from my friends. Other times we will dig in the word together or share personal stories. But every time the goal will be to help us each find our own personal place at the feet of Jesus. I am back again in another fairly short amount of time. It's shocking. It's like three in a row, almost three weeks in a row or something. They've all been pretty short and just small thoughts that I've brought to you. Today is no different. I want to talk about what God is doing in the earth right now. And I want to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to get out your word, that would be really cool for you to kind of read it, either read it before me or kind of follow along a little bit on the thought but we'll get to it. There is no doubt right now that God is stirring up hearts all over, especially the United States right now. We have seen it, reports of it, right? For for how long of these humongous group gatherings all overseas and crusades and things like that. And we rejoice at the reports. It's so exciting to see when a team will go and and do a crusade in another country and the reports that come back. My husband's been on one of those. He's wanting to go on another one very soon. We rejoice at every report that we read on the internet, right? That's where we get our information, it seems. You know, that's one thing I think is so really neat about our world today is... We can hear about things so quickly. One scroll through Facebook, and if you're following the right people, or Instagram, if you're following the right people, you will see reports of what God is doing all over. And it's such a tool to us as a church to get to see that God's moving worldwide and what's happening right in front of our face, maybe in our local church is not all that God is doing, but the church is much bigger and much broader than just us. And that's so powerful to me. I love that. The last how many weeks, though, we have seen this just hunger in people that maybe don't believe everything that I believe as a oneness Pentecostal, but they're hungry and they're drawing close to God. They're doing their best, drawing close to God, and they're gathering together. And it started with this university in Kentucky, Asbury. I'm sure you've read about it. It's almost an exhausted topic, but I am not tired of hearing about it. And I'm not tired of talking about it because God has been doing such a work in a prayer meeting that started there. It's just causing this ripple effect through our nation, through college students in our nation, but even through, I mean, everyone's watching and everyone's seeing this wave of prayer, you know, this this hunger for prayer, this press for prayer. And so then we've seen it to where at different, you know, big, large, not Christian universities. That was a Christian university or is a Christian university. But now we're seeing these reports of other universities across the nation that are gathering together and they're praying and they're seeking the face of God and he's coming and he's answering and he's drawing near. These nationwide prayer meetings are such 
just the spark for this next wave of the Holy Ghost, this next outpouring of the Holy Ghost that God wants to bring to our earth. I have a lot to say on this subject. God has been just stirring my heart and moving in my prayer time and leading me and giving direction on what to pray and how to pray. And I want to share that with you as I feel too, and I will. So I'm not going to stop talking about what God's doing, and I'm not going to stop talking about how God's wanting to pour out His Spirit. It's in the Word. It's it's no surprise that people are gathering and God's taking notice, whether they believe all that the Word says or not. They're making those steps and trying to seek for more. But anyway, my husband, I'm going to actually share a personal story first, and then I'm going to get into something else about this outpouring of the Spirit that God is wanting to come and do. Joel 2 and 28. We've heard this verse. It's a word though, and it's true, and it's happening, and God's wanting to do it, and He's ready. He's He's doing it, but it's not stopping. It's not going to stop until He comes. Joel two and twenty eight, and it came to pa- it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. This is where we're living. This is what God's wanting to do. And I want to be part of it. I don't want to stand by skeptical. I don't want to stand by doubting. I don't want to stand by and miss and miss being a part of what God's doing. I will say that by saying that, I'm not saying that every person that's present at these gatherings has truth. I think I've made that clear, but they are seeking for God. And God, when we seek Him, He comes. We've talked about that. Oh man, I've seen pictures of at these these gatherings of of college kids. They're on like in courtyards and on lawns and stuff, and they're on their face. They're bowing before God and they're praying the best prayers they know how to pray. You know, and how can God turn that away? He He can't. He comes to us when we bow low, when we go, and we pour our heart out to Him. He comes. We've talked about that over and over. So whether someone already has the Holy Ghost or not, that is irrelevant because they are on a journey to God. My husband, this is where I'm starting. My husband, he made a trip. He went to Asbury. He went to this he, he actually felt it for over a week before he was able to go. He had to preach several things. He had something every night of the week and he could not, it was things he just could not get out of or, you know, anyway, so there were scheduled things. And so when he could, he got there and he prayed and his, his really close friend came with him and God moved. He didn't walk inside the sanctuary or anything like that, but he went, there was an opportunity and he preached the message. Many people were filled with the Holy Ghost. In, in outside, not even in the sanctuary there where they're praying, but the hunger was so much. The drawing of the people to this place where they thought that God was doing wonderful things was so much that in a field on the university lawn, people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. It was powerful and real. And honestly, he said it in the same way that I've heard him say it so many times in church services, explaining the gospel. And when these people were done praying, they walked around and they would talk to them more and and they would try to connect with them more and they would connect them and they would say, where are you from? They would try to tell them about a church in their area. So it wasn't just people that, here, you got the Holy Ghost. We're walking away. We're going to leave you alone. It was coming back and walking through the crowd and talking 
You know, it was that initial response that these people made and they received the Holy Ghost. And then again, he, he, he got up and he explained Jesus name baptism, oneness, why we need to be baptized in Jesus name. He did tell them, this is your next step. This is what the word says. And he would get out, he had his Bible, he'd get out the word, he would show it to him. Anyway, um, made several connections, connected a few people to different churches that we know of and different things. We, If you haven't listened long, we travel all over the country. We go from church to church. So we have a lot of connections to different cities. And so that wasn't a hard thing to say, hey, I know a church in your city. Also, um, there's this, I just always Google it. It's the UPCI church locator. Putting that website in, you go and you put your zip code in or you put your city and state and you can find a list of churches near you. And it's the coolest thing. And so I actually did that for a friend not long ago, a couple days ago, I did that for a friend that was saying, I wish, I wish there was a church near me like you. And I said, I know there is. What city are you in? I found a church and I'm going to get her connected to the pastor's wife there. I'm just waiting for a response back. But anyway, my husband went and and God did this great and mighty thing. There was a video taken by a, a man that was in town for this revival and was in town to see what God would do in him. He ended up receiving the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He is on fire and God has a great plan for his life. Well, he took a video and uh, ended up posting it. He didn't even know my husband, right, when when Taylor got up and, and preached the word, but he took this video because he didn't want to miss what God was doing. He'd been taking videos his whole time he'd been there. He'd already been there for days at this point. But anyway, it was put online. And and so after it was put online, this video, I began getting messages from different like friends through the years, acquaintances and stuff and saying, thank you for our ministry. And thank you for, you know, all the things that someone would say. This is me being honest, but this is getting to where I'm going. And so I'm going to share it. My very first thought every time I would get a message like this, the very first thing that would come to my mind, I would read this message of encouragement and excitement from a sister in the church. And the very first thought would be, well, I'm just the babysitter. Oh, that's harsh. I know it's so harsh and it's ugly and that's not my spirit. And I don't feel like that about my children. And I don't feel like that about being a mother, but that's the thought that came up. It was the first thing I was just being a mom and I couldn't go because I have three young children. We're in a city that we're in revival in right now. Actually, we're still in Little Rock, but that thought came up. And as soon as it would come up, I'd be like, well, I'm not responding that because I know that's not true. You know, when I'm about to text back or, or message back, whatever. But that thought came up over and over and I kept squashing it, you know, like, no, I am not the babysitter. I am the mama and I am in my correct season of life. But don't you know that the devil would have me or uh, anyone listening get down on our season that we're in or begrudge our season that we're living in. Everyone's season doesn't always look the same. In some seasons, our role in the kingdom may look different. It is not lesser, but different. And the impact is different. I don't feel that way. I know I'm not the babysitter. Please don't message me and say, you're not the babysitter because I know that I'm not and I know that's not true. And I squashed it, but it did come over and over and I could have fed into that lie. I could have leaned into it and got miserable and jealous. Man, that's my husband. Yeah, I could have leaned into it and got jealous. That's not of God, right? That's not a right spirit. I could have leaned into it and begrudged the fact that I'm a young mom and that I couldn't go and and pitiful me and 
No, I prayed for these children. I love these children. They are our children. And my husband does a wonderful job at both of us parenting and both of us taking care of them. But he is the man of God and he is the preacher. And sometimes he has to go. And so sometimes I miss mighty things that God does because of my season. And I have to be okay with that. There are sometimes I don't get to go with him when he goes. There are submission trips that I haven't gone on that he's gone on, even ones planned that he'll go on and I'll be at home with our children because it's my season and it's my ministry. And motherhood is ministry, but I'm not stopping there. I want to share something with you. First Corinthians 12, and I just want to share two thoughts. So I'm going to start at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. That's the same spirit that he's pouring out right now. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an, an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. So in this part of the, the chapter... There's two viewpoints that he comes from in this. In this part, it's where we, as the individual, discount ourselves because we are not something else. So there's two ways. There's this where I can say, well, because I didn't go and because I'm not visible or because whatever your because is, because I'm not singing on the platform, because I'm not holding a microphone or because no one's hearing my voice, then I'm insignificant or I have no part in this. And my what I'm talking about right now, our part, I am talking about our part in the harvest, our part in what God is doing on the earth right now. Every one of us has a part to play, but it looks different because of this verse. So our parts all look different because of this. This is verse 17. And this is, I'm just continuing where I left off. I've been reading ESV. It says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? This is verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Don't you know, whatever your role right now that he is calling you to, he chose it. How powerful is that? Like he chose it. He chose us to live in the time that we are living. And he chose each of us to play a certain role in what he wants to do on the earth right now. It's our job to perform our role. It's our job To not try to be something else other than what we are, but to be what he's made us to be, what he's called us to be, and to confidently walk in it, to not discount ourselves because we are not something else. And then I'm going to another another portion of the chapter. As it is, this is verse 20. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. A body does one thing. We are all working towards the same thing. We can't all be going separate ways, but we need to work towards the same goal as one body. All different functions, but for the same 
purpose right now the purpose and we can't get distracted and we can't we can't afford to get distracted right now our purpose right now is that new souls would be added to the church daily that new souls would come in your purpose right now is is giving bible studies being a witness in the grocery store it's testifying to your coworkers about what god is doing and what he wants to do for them and so on But here it is, verse 21. This is the other side. So the first side of this is, hey, we can't discount ourselves. But the second is this. It's another viewpoint of the same thought. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. If you look at someone and you think, what do they have to contribute to the kingdom? What purpose do they have? Whatever. It is your job to not be the one, not be the I in verse 21 that says to the hand, I have no need of you. Your job is to be an encourager and to cheer them on and to say, you have a part to play. God placed you here. He made you. He called you. That's your job. But also it says to the parts of the body, we think less honorable. We bestow the greater honor. And you know, that's not really the culture of our church, is it? That's not really the culture. We glorify. We And you know what? Sometimes I know that's like a word we give to God, but sometimes we do that to people that are well known in in our churches. I'm not bashing anything. I hope that doesn't sound that way. Honestly, I feel convicted in this because it says it's greater honor to to those that look like they don't have a part to play. Greater honor to those that we think are less honorable. And I'm going to skip a little bit. Not because it doesn't apply, but because I could just go verse by verse, line by line, and be here all day because there's so much in the word. But it says, But God has composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. That means not putting anyone above, but saying, you know, looking across that that we could all just realize hey we're all we're all doing our part we all we all have something to do we all have purpose we all have value and then this verse 26 this is how we love each other it says if one member suffers all suffer together if one member is honored all rejoice together so that's where we we don't get critical we don't rejoice that someone's hurting but if someone's wounded and and you see and they need encouragement or they need you to come and and pick them up let's do that we rejoice when others rejoice right we we weep when they weep we rejoice when others rejoice and i am not i'm not going to go into the rest of that but my thought today is just this you have a part to play. Every one of us have a part to play. There is such a work that God is wanting to do. If you look, especially, it's so wild that these prayer meetings and these, you know, days and days of lingering are happening in our nation. Because just a few months ago, when we would scan our nation, if we would think of the state of our nation, 
we would think everything is just going down. We would think sin abounds. There is just sin everywhere and and just the different agendas of, of companies. I mean, children's toy companies that are promoting LGBT, all the letters, you know. <laughs> it's so wild if we think of that. And and that's not the only issue. It's just the first thing that just came to my mind. This is a no note episode. This is just my heart episode. But anyway, just a few months ago, if we would scan our country and think of what's on the news and think of what's going on, what's headlining, we would think we're in worse shape than we've ever been before. But in a matter of a moment, a matter of just a couple of days that it was heard about that these college kids are lingering in the presence of God. They're praying nonstop. It's something that's spread across our nation and God is ready. It's like he's positioning it all and he's ready. So I encourage you, if there's something going on near you at a college near you or at a church near you or at a, I don't know, city hall, whatever, whatever's going on in your area, And you see people are praying. People are trying to get together. Go and be a part of it and be a witness. And no, you may not stand up in the middle of a huge crowd and preach to them, but maybe there's some people there, someone there that God's going to lead you to and that you'll be a witness to and that you can share what He wants to do. That could be your part. Maybe you are like me and you may not can go across the country for some service or great move of God, I want to tell you that a wonderful part that you can pray, it is not, it's not like a a participation trophy kind of part to play. I think sometimes, sometimes people think of this, but prayer, you can pray. I'm going to talk about this a little more soon, but you can, you can pray, you can go to prayer and you can intercede on behalf of of our nation. You can intercede on behalf of those that are hungry, that are searching Even if you only pray for your city, God, move in my city. God, shake people in my city. That is a wonderful part that you can pray, play. And God, that's the part that God has has pushed me and spoke to me to play too, to intercede, to take time, to pray for more than myself, more than my church service, but to pray for the harvest that He is wanting to do in our country. And I promise you, you won't pray in that direction for very long before burden settles on you. Because the need is so great. It's so great. One more time, I'll say it. I said it so many times in this episode, but you have a part to play. You are valuable to the kingdom. And I just, this was just to encourage you, whatever your part is, play it. Whatever you have to do, whatever your job is, do it with all your might, God sticking out of hand, really, and inviting us to be a part, be a part of what he's doing. Find a place and get involved. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.